This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Is there room for ignorance in marriage? In in what sense? In what sense is there ignorance? Like that you that you just bury your head and don't. Not everything between a husband and wife has to be said, and a lot of things should not be said. In the sense that, you know, I'll give you a small example. You shouldn't tell your spouse how dumb you are, right? You shouldn't. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. I Meaning, don't don't keep telling your spouse like, oh, I was never good at this, or I'm 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 you know I'm not smart, or don't don't say things that are that are going to put you in a bad light with your spouse. That is a hundred percent true, but that's not ignorance. You ask me like. Should a wife, Dafka, bury her head in the sand and not have any clue what's going on about something? What, what, what is the mile about that? I don't understand. Like a, a husband struggling, let's say, with money. So like now you buried your head, head in the sand and all of a sudden. Yeah, so like, yeah. like something like really small. Let's say, let's say she doesn't have that Right. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. You should ignore it unless you become resentful, in which case you might want to say something. But if something like that is bothering somebody, they're they're probably still in Shavar Brachas. Like, you're right. Or <laughs> before Shavar Brachas, exactly. Right? Like, in the big scheme of things. And, and that's not ignorance. That's a conscious decision. It's not a big deal. In the big scheme of things, socks on the floor is like really nothing. Right? Yeah. No, but I'm saying, yeah, that's what it is. Little things shouldn't bother a person, but to be completely... Uh, ignorant i mean i no you know i don't think that that's that that's a thing i, I i've gotten into trouble i don't care i'll say it <laughs> I, I i got into trouble because i believe that maybe i'll get into trouble here i don't know that that like a, a couple's let's say a couple's phones right a husband's phone a wife's phone should not like it, it's it's open there's no such thing as not knowing the other person's cell phone like their password or whatever and I've, I've had other Rabbanim say, no, that, like, that's not true. And, and, and whatever. I, I think that a hundred percent, like, where's this concept of like, I don't know. Like, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that mean? You're a married couple. Like, you're hiding something. So I had a guy tell me recently, cause I was going to order a whole thing for our anniversary. So I don't want my wife to find that. So fine. You could tell your wife one time a year. By the way, our anniversary is coming up. Don't look on the phone. You could say that once a year, but for the other 364 days, Make sure that, like, you know, there's transparency. Like, I don't understand, like, what what that means. Couples shouldn't know where the other person is. Of course, you should know where your spouse is. You don't have to know, like, in like exactly to the degree, like, you know, who are they talking to and what are they saying. That's very controlling. That's very unhealthy. But they don't even know what what city they are or like what they do every day. Very bad. I'll tell you a simple thing. Also, if your husband's working or let your wife is working, whatever, right? I'm saying like we're we're ambidextrous here. So let's assume a person's spouse is working, right? And they come in the door and they're exhausted. If you, if you know what they do, you'll share in their exhaustion. You'll be like, wow, you really need a break. If you don't even know what they do and they come and they go, they're exhausted. Like, why are you spending so much time on that? Like, or, or you'll say like, oh, take it easy. They're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Like, you think I'm martyring myself for no reason? You don't even know what I do. You don't, you don't share my life. You have no concept of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So ignorance is not, is almost never a good thing. Turning, turning your eye and saying, this is not a big deal. I could, I could live with this is, is, is very smart. But that a person just doesn't know and doesn't have a concept. I don't think that's a smart way to live life at all. Yeah. Um, how can you see past your husband's flaws and just spend time? If little things are bothering you about my husband, what should I do? It's exactly the point. 
is that if, if a person is focused, what that person is focused on is level two and level three. They want their spouse to change. So take anything, literally anything in this world. This is like the proverbial cup. Is the cup half full or is the cup half empty, right? Literally everything in this world has milus and chesreinus. Everything, right? Not everything is picture perfect. Everything has flaws. Everything has use. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you find that in everything in your life. So when you see a person, I always like to say like, and you, and all you see is kizakala adam. This is the entirety of your spouse that they have this flaw. What's the flaw? They get up late or, or they get whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. They're lazy, whatever, right? Kizakala adam. This is the entirety of who your spouse is. No, this is not the entirety of who your spouse is, but you're allowing the negativity, which floats to the top to dictate that that's the way you're relating to your spouse. So you're not going to ever, you're not going to ever build a marriage if every conversation you have with the person is why they have to change. No, you got up late again. Oh, you, know, you have to change yourself. What time are you going to sleep tonight? Your spouse is going to distance themselves so much. The level one stuff, which is necessary, is going to become so much harder to get from them because they're going to say, why do I ever want to talk to you? The only thing I hear from you is how I get up late and I'm lazy. Fine. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. So you think I want to now go for a walk with you? Of course not. If, if you, if you put these things on the side and you say they're not going anywhere, they will be here. I will deal with them. But for, for now, let me deal with the level one stuff. Then you'll actually build a marriage. I remember once it was, it was, I was probably married a year. I had like zero stresses in my life because I, I literally, I was learning a Kyle. I was being supported. I had like, Baruch Hashem, like everything perfect. I don't remember what it was. It was some small thing that was either bothering me or came up. We're going back many, many, many years ago. And I remember turning to my wife and saying something about like, oh, I am so stressed. Like I have to make this decision. I don't know what it was. It was something very small. But at the time it seemed really big. And I remember my wife said to me, we were, we were living in, in, uh, Eretz Israel in Arzabira in a, in a building and I had an elevator. So my wife said, come, let's go deal with this thing. So we, we stepped outside of the apartment. I was like, where are we going? So she, she took, she took her hands and she made like a box and she said, okay, let's put it in the box. So I was like, what are you doing? She's like, put it in the box. So I like, I like, I like, I said, okay, okay, I'm putting it in the box. So she called the elevator, opened the door and she's like, okay, now put it in the elevator. We put it in and we, she, she pressed the button, sent it up to the top floor. She's like, okay, now it's on the top floor. Let's go back inside. Okay, let's go schmooze for like an hour. We're not talking about this. And then we'll go call it down from from the top floor. It was a cute joke, right? And it, it literally worked because I was like, okay, where is my problem? It's upstairs. Like, we're going to get to this very, very soon. Just just not right now. And then when you deal with it then, you're now in a good headspace. You now actually have a marriage. So how does a person look, look past their spouse's flaws? By realizing that if what you want is your spouse to change, don't try to change them. If you try to change them, if your conversations with them all focus around change, that is not going to actually bring about change. What's going to bring about change is level one conversation. Level one conversation is a marriage. Spend time with them. Focus on the good parts of them. Sit down tonight and make a list of all your spouse's positive traits. I guarantee you, you could come up with a hundred different things. And if you can't, then you're not really trying. Every person has a hundred milas that you could come up with about them. Even if you could have 200 chesreinas, you could still come up with a hundred milas. And write them down on a piece of paper and focus on them. And then go ahead and spend two weeks just focus on your spouse and their mindless. And when I say focus, I mean time. Put time into your relationship. Wow, I am so lucky. I get to spend time with the guy who who has a Seder in the morning. I am so lucky. I get to spend time with the person who 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 is calm with my children. Wow, I'm so lucky. This guy has a job and I'm able to spend time with him. Go through the things that you actually like have in your life and spend time with that person. And then after two weeks, see how you're feeling about something that you want changed. And if you're going to say something, I guarantee you it's going to come out with 
with with like so much love and appreciation for what you have. Wow, you're amazing. You're great. What time are we going to sleep tonight? Your spouse is not going to even perceive that you're trying to change them or that you're trying to like have a heavy conversation with them. That is how you change your spouse, by focusing on the things that you're not trying to change. You build a marriage, and then on top of that, you can build other things. Grab a mic. Don't worry, nobody's going to hear you. When is working too much? Yeah. When is working? When when is working too much? Yeah, if the family is suffering, right? If the family is not getting from, let's call it the mother. If the family, if the family is not getting from the mother what they need, then it's time to make a decision. Obviously, finances have to play a factor within everything. But assuming finances are okay and a couple's not going to suffer, family comes first. No question about that. But a lot of times couples are struggling and there's a person who has tremendous amount of ability to like really like bring in Parnassa for the family and they're not and their whole conversation is is iced coffee. What like what's going on over here? No, he signed the Ksuba. It doesn't doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? You should be a contributing partner. But if if your family is suffering, then they need a mother. You know, the family always comes first. Even for a father comes first. It's not, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Unfortunately, not many couples go into marriage with the Torah outlook that husband and wife are one and in it together. It's adjustment for men to share their life and not feel like they have to give an accounting of everything they're doing. Right. It's a problem. We need more marriage education. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, I always say, I say this over from my Rebbe, Rabbi Berkowitz. He says that when Pasuk says, that a, a man has to go through a certain tekufa where he realizes that this is not good. Being in your own world is not good. Having Making your own, like exclusively your own decisions without having somebody to fact check you and like see like that what you're doing is smart and bounce something off of and see the world through the lens of emotion is a problem. That is light type. That is not good. It's amazing that Hashem created a world where everything, how many times does it say kitaiv? 10 times, 15 times? Everything is good. There's only one thing that's not good. And that is a person being alone in his own world, in his own head. A person has to internalize that. That is not a good state of mind to be in. And to share your life with somebody else and to have that accountability, like they're saying, that's marriage. So if a person wants to try a different type of marriage, it absolutely doesn't work. I, I had a, a, a couple that called me up. We had a meeting and, you know, I could oftentimes see like when it's not going to go, like where like it's just not a shidduch between like the couple and myself. Cause a lot of times some people call me up cause they, they, they want to use me to like say their piece to their spouse. Like they're not willing to listen to anything. And on this particular meeting, um, the husband started talking and I was listening and then, and I said, okay, and now let me hear from your wife. And he was like, no, 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 no. She, she like, she doesn't know. This is it. Like what I just said, this is it. This is what needs to happen. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like she's here. She has a voice. I'd like to hear from her, like what she has to say. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not listening to what she has to say. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like she's here. I'd like to hear what she has to say. And as she was talking, so I was like, you know, taking notes and going through everything. And the husband kept interrupting her. And then finally at the end, 
um, I said, okay, I hear you. Like, husband, you're saying X and wife, you're saying Y. And he was like, no, husband is saying X and wife's opinion doesn't make a difference what she's saying. It's only husband that makes a difference. So I said, I'm sorry, it doesn't really work like that. Like, you know, your wife has a voice and you, not just the physical voice, like she has a presence in your marriage and like what she thinks actually does make a difference. He's like, I see I'm getting nowhere over here. Okay. This is not working for me. They are, um, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a problem. A wife needs to have a voice, right? A couple, you, you have to have a say in what's going on. And it's not just like a rubber stamp for whatever's going on. A person, a per, you know what I'm saying? Like, since when are, are women like second class citizens? Like, you don't know what's going on. Like, you're walking around in a circle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 where, where are we holding? Where are we flying? No, like, there's no such concept. The greatest, the greatest people in the world had smart wives. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like some of the greatest women, they were smart people. Saw Rifka Rachel These were accomplished women. They taught people. They changed the world. Sarah would be MacGyver, all these women. She didn't sit in the corner and just say like, you know, what's the next thing on the menu? She was a person who was giving classes. She was, she was able to speak in public, right? Every person who was ever successful, any woman didn't, wasn't successful because she lived in the back room or she lived in the attic or she didn't have a voice. She was able to say something. She was able to say something. Esther Amalki, even when she was challenging Mordechai and she's going through, there was like a chajman to every single thing that she was saying. When she says, when she says in the Megillah that Achashverus didn't call me for 30 days, she had such chajman in what she was saying. She was saying, first of all, it's dangerous to go. He didn't call me in a long time. Second of all, he usually does call me. So if I wait another couple days, he'll call me anyway. So why should I go in on my own? And Mordechai said, I hear that. That's a very good taina, except that Klal Yisrael, the only reason they're in this matzav is because they were not Meister Nefesh and they went to Achashverosh's party because they didn't want to upset him. So in order for you to break that, you have to dafka go in and risk your life and that will be the serious Nefesh that Klai Yisrael needed. That's the tikkun. They had a very high level conversation. She didn't just sit there and say, tell me what to do, tell me what not to do. She had a voice. She was able to use it and they, they schmoozed it through. They talked it through. I think one of the greatest skills that couples don't use is the ability to have conversations, high level conversations where each person's voice is heard. You're, you're talking about, my wife and I, we talk about certain things for, for months. Let's go back to this idea. Let's delve into it again and I'll challenge it and she'll challenge it and we'll try to piece it apart. A lot of the ideas that you hear here are, are the, the, the product of literally sometimes years of these conversations of us having this. I recently was somewhere and I was asked on a particular point. I thought about this one idea for six years, six years. And there was somebody else who gave an answer that they thought about for less than six seconds. I guarantee you. And and I was so upset. I was like, this person gave an answer. They didn't even think about it. You could tell it was so not thought through. And here, this idea, I literally, me and my wife, I know the date we started talking about this. It literally goes back six years that we were handling this point. And I was like, I am so thought through on this. And I, I like ripped this apart and put this back together with my wife thousands of times. It frustrated me because a lot of times we always say your mouth is an expression of chachma and chachma comes from your brain. It's not just that you talk. You have to be able to convey something that actually has meaning. So all I'm saying is, is that, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. is the same thing that um when when what does it mean to be mechabed somebody, right? It means that you do right? That you do what the person wants. That's isha kashera. It means that she doesn't have a voice. She doesn't have anything. 
Yes, she's a, a great wife. When she gives her husband what he wants, what he needs, she's, she does it. Kibbutz of Aim is the same effect. You're giving your parents what they want. It's not a bitle of the woman. We're not nullifying who she is. She's just a nobody. A husband could say to his wife, you're a nobody. Husband said X, wife doesn't matter. That's abuse. That's not, that's not, and I don't use that word ever. That's abuse. That, that's not, that's not, that's not acceptable. You understand? Isha Kishira, she does what her husband wants. That's what a, that's what a wife should, should do, right? And a husband's job is to be mechabed his wife, yaisar migufa, even more than he's mechabed himself. He should put, prioritize his wife, 100%. And when two people do that, they have a wonderful relationship. But when every person's pulling out mamre chazal while the other person is nothing, what type of relationship is that? It's terrible. That's not a marriage. Yeah. Okay, the gist of the question is, what if you ask your husband for advice and he's the type of husband that gets upset if you don't follow his advice, but every time you follow his advice, it fails? How do you handle it? Okay, so every case by case has to be dealt with differently. But I'll repeat the question in my own words. A person asks their husband for their opinion. They give their opinion, but every time they follow the opinion, it just doesn't go over well. So first of all, that wife would be very wise to also verbalize her own opinion, right? So she can, in a smart way, in a loving way, say, wow, that sounds like such a great idea. I'm just curious, like, if we actually do that, what's going to be, right? Any couple that had to make any major decision, whether it's moving, buying a house, investing something, they they went through this subconsciously without m- maybe knowing what they were doing, but they were having a high-level conversation where people's opinions were, were being challenged. Should we do this or should we not do this? Yeah, no, whatever the case may be. In this case, if a wife is just blindly following her husband, you know how much resentment is going to build up if she does not have a voice in a relationship? How much resentment? Every time she does something, it fails. So she's going to be like, first of all, she's going to lose respect for her husband because everything he gives her is just terrible advice. And B, she's going to be resentful that she couldn't even say, she couldn't even verbalize whatever she wanted to say. Why doesn't she say what she wants to say? And oh, they can't get along. Say That's such a great, I hear that mahalach. We can maybe do that. But wait, if we did that, maybe we're going to have a problem if we do X, Y, and Z. What if we did this? Hmm, this is smart. Let's kick this around for a little bit longer. If you can't come to an agreement, so go ask a third party, ask a rav, ask a professional, whatever the case may be. But a, a, a wife, I think this is what your point was. Isha doesn't mean that you blindly follow your husband right off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? You're parked at the end of a cliff. What should I do? Hit the gas or the brake? Yeah, hit the gas. Okay. No, you don't do that. You're smart. You say, well, well, maybe we should think about this for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? This might be detrimental. Anything, you, 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 again, whether it's moving or starting a business or sending your kids to any sort of school, anything, anything. My parents, when my parents, my father told me this, when my, when my parents were sending me to yeshiva, I'm the only boy in my family. They had a question as to what type of yeshiva they should send, send me to. And one said one, another said another. They had like a whole question. And they went and they asked a certain gadol, and he gave them direction where I should go, and whatever you see, this is what you got, okay? Based, based on that, that decision, right? Asking a third party a question does not mean like you're hurting your husband's covet or that you're, you're, you're like all of a sudden trampling on it. You, you can validate him. Wow, that sounds like such a smart thing. How did you come to that decision? Wow, you're a really smart guy. You're very thought through. Yeah. Don't ever compare him to somebody else. Oh, my friend told me that her husband says something different. That's going to be like hurting him. But if you say, oh, you know, but I was just, let me think about it for a day or two. And you think about it. Well, yeah, you know, I heard you were saying X, Y, and Z. I'm thinking about it a little bit more. I think there's a lot of chachma there, but I'm a little concerned for this and this. Can we bounce this off a third party? Say it in a respectful way, but have a voice. If you don't have a voice, 
What is a marriage if a wife doesn't have a voice? I'll say it even more. The purpose of marriage, what is the purpose of marriage? That a wife is an azer connected her husband. What does that mean? You're an azer, you're help me to do what? To make like blintzes and omelets? That's the azer? Doesn't need you. He has Uber Eats for that. There's a lot of people that can make him blintzes and omelets. That's not what a wife is there for. She's there to help him get closer to Hashem, to develop his life in the most meaningful way possible. How do you do that if you have no voice? How do you do that if you have no dea, if you have no opinion in anything, right? It's only if you have chachma and you have bina that you have das. It's only if you have two people who have two different unique skill sets that are seeing the world through each other's lens that you actually have a complete through and through vision of something. If if that's not what you have, then you don't really have anything. You have a husband who still has chachma, and you have uh, like like a nachshlepper. You have a person who's in the kitchen who's doing whatever it is that they're doing. And I'm not criticizing somebody who's just in the kitchen. By all means, you're providing for your family. We don't have a voice. You don't have the means to say something, to bring something up. I'm sorry, that's not a marriage. A marriage is where you have an opinion, and it's heard, and it's respected. And because you're seeing the world through a different lens, your husband specifically turns to you and says, wow, I never saw things that way. Thank you so much for that perspective. That's real respect. And that's how you really build a marriage. So no, this idea of being ignorant is not okay. And this idea of not having a voice, absolutely not okay. Marriages are built by voices and opinions, but they have to be respectful. And our differences have to be appreciated. And when it's done in a loving and caring and compassionate way, two people, you can change the world. You're able to like really, you know, see things through, through, through that lens. I'll just end with one quick story. Many years ago, I went to visit my wife's great uncle. His name is Ramesh Zaks. He was on the Eda Haridas, one of the Dayanim. I came into the house and I was there with my wife and he, he was a Paisic, tremendous Paisic. And he would sit there and his phone would ring and he would sit over here, let's say, and, and the phone would would ring, he would pick it up, and he would answer the Shaila. And his wife, Rebitson, would sit over here, and they would have the same phone line. And they would pick it up, and basically, whenever the phone rang, perfect timing, um, he would he would pick it up, and his wife would pick it up at the same time. And she would go on mute, and he would like, say, yeah, yeah, what's the Shaila? The person would ask the Shaila. And then 99% of the time, like at least what I saw, she would just go like this. She would say, yeah, answer the Shaila. And then he would give an answer, whatever it was. A few times, she would turn to him, and she would say, like one second, she would hold up her finger and he would say, you know, one second, he would put on on pause, on mute, whatever. And he would turn to his wife and she would say, this woman sounds like she was crying recently. Like ask her if everything's okay in the house. Or she's asking a Shaila about whatever food, or ask her if she has any money. I'm not, it doesn't sound like, maybe she doesn't have enough money in the house. If you're going to ask her this food, they might not have food tonight. Like make sure that she has, she has enough food before you give the psak. And, and then he would get back on the phone and he would ask. And then he would say, oh, 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 talk of money's a little tight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So now we're dealing like with a little bit more of a bidiyavid situation. Okay, we could be makel for you. We could be makel for you. Even though originally he was going to be machmer. Every story, he was taking into account his wife's bina. That bina yaseira that, that she had. He didn't let her talk into the phone. But this woman was helping call Yisrael. She was helping women on a nightly basis. She was just sitting there answering, answering. She was answering Shaila's. If it was just her husband's perspective, he would never have thought to ask, oh, it doesn't sound like she was crying. Oh, they don't have money. A woman needs, a woman brings to the table so much, literally like the batteries in, in a relationship. Don't forego that voice and make sure that voice is heard. 
Just make sure it's respectful and make sure that, you know what I'm saying? A, a couple that does things jointly together comes out successful. A couple where it's him and not her or her and not him. They're living their own separate lives. You'll wake up after too much time and realize there's too much distance between you. And that distance is going to be very, very painful. If you live your life as a unit, doesn't mean that you're working in each other's jobs, but you know where each other's working. You know what's going on, who you're meeting. You have a fulfilling day. Such a couple is usually very successful. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.